Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. We are in week two of a series we're calling Winning and how we win in the areas that matter most. And as always, I just want to encourage you, if you missed last week, uh, to make sure you go back and watch that message. It really is kind of foundational uh, to the rest of the series and what we're building upon. And if we don't get week one down, we kind of won't understand the rest of it. So let me recap that quickly for you. The, the thought through this series is, is hopefully uh, you're here today because you want to win. You're here today because you want to be uh, someone who can pursue God and figure that out and to, to see God move in your life. I've never met anybody who said, I want to lose. I've never met anybody who joined a team in hopes that they were going to lose. And so the, just the fact that you're here on this Sunday morning, especially on a snow day Sunday morning, means that you have some interest, some desire to say, I want to be better. I want to grow in my walk with God. I want to know God and, and figure that out. And, and we, we figure out if we're winning in, in culture is there's scoreboards, right? In, in the sports world, uh, whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins the game. That's the whole point. Uh, life isn't necessarily that way, but we do have scoreboards in life, metrics that we use to measure whether or not we're being successful. Now, according to the world that we live in, you know, the, if you climb to a certain position, if you gain a certain amount of power or influence, acquire a certain amount of possessions, from an outsider's perspective, could be viewed that you're a winner, that you're succeeding. But are we really succeeding in the areas that matter most? So last week we talked about making sure we're using the right scoreboard. And that Jesus maybe has some different metrics to determine whether or not we're winning according to his kingdom and his purpose, the kingdom and the purpose that brings life and that lasts throughout life. And so what scoreboard are you using? Are you winning where it matters most? Because the reality is, is that you can win and lose at the same time. You can win in the eyes of the world, but yet be losing in the eyes of God. And Jesus said, what would you gain if you profit in this world, if you profit these things, but you lose the very thing that matters most to you? And so if we're going to be successful in God's kingdom, we have to understand what his definition of success is. And and we summarize that by saying winning is knowing and doing the will of God for your life. You've got to first know it. And we talked about the path of discovery and development and then deployment and how we deploy the will of God in our life and seek that out so that God can use us and make us successful according to his kingdom. Success is obedience to the word and will of God for your life. We all have the same goal, and we all have the same scoreboard when it comes to the Scripture. It tells us what values we are to embrace and the way that we are to live, but yet God then has a specific and unique calling just for you that He's gifted you to do in an environment and a place that He's put you and family members and friendships and ways that He wants to use you to make a difference for His kingdom. And so it's discovering that and going on that adventure, if you will, in the journey of saying, God, what is it you want for me? And so we start there and saying, God, I realize that, that it's not about this, this culture. It's not about material things and possessions. And that, that doesn't matter, God. My aim and my goal is to please and to serve you. So if we want to win, we have to start in the area 
that I believe matters most, and that is winning in our relationship with the Lord. Because if, if we get this relationship down, it impacts every other relationship in our life. If we have the, the vertical relationship between God and if we're, if we're pursuing Him and understanding Him and, and His ways, then, then your marriage will be better, you're going to be a better parent, you're going to be a better coworker, a better boss. All these different areas will be better if we win according to to God's way in our relationship with him. And Jesus in John chapter 15 kind of lays out the game plan for a relationship with him and how you can have one that brings fruit, that is successful, and that is winning according to his kingdom. So a little bit of context in John 15. Before John 15 and John 13, you have the, the infamous Last Supper that Jesus is having with his disciples. He's showing through service what it really means to be a disciple, to follow after him. And then in John 15, uh, what we're going to talk about today, he talks about how they now, knowing the plan and the purpose that God has, that they are to go into all the world and do this, that they have to remain in him. And then in John 18, he's arrested, and then he fulfills his mission of his death and resurrection. And the reason that we can have relationship with God is because of that. And so in John 15, starting in verse 1, you can follow along on the screens, the Adventure Church app. If you have the Version app on your phone, you can follow along, but we'll be in John 15 today. And he says this, this is Jesus talking, and he starts out and he says, I am the true vine. Look at your neighbor and say true, meaning that there could be a false vine. There could be the wrong vine, that there are different vines that you could attach your life to. It's what we've been talking about in this series, that there are things that you could pursue and do with your life. If you're looking at the wrong scoreboard, you could win and lose at the same time. Jesus is saying that. I am the true vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father through me. Nobody fulfills their purpose without me. And so he says, I'm the true vine. So you've got to realize there are different things that you could pursue that we've already talked about. That wouldn't be true, that would be false, that wouldn't lead you to success, but failure in God's eyes. And so he says, I'm the true vine. And then he says this, my father is the gardener. It's a cool thing to say. He didn't say God is the gardener. Again, our heavenly father is the gardener, that God is someone who loves us and does certain things for us. He is the gardener in our life. It goes on in verse 2. It says this, this gardener, our heavenly father, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And I'm, you guys know I have, a, I have a great relationship with my yard, my lawn, my landscape, but I'll just be honest. Like, I'm not a gardener, okay? I don't grow my own produce. I rely on Kroger for that. Some of you maybe have that in your backyard, and if you want to bring me some produce this summer, I'd be happy to, to take it. I like organic and fresh, and, and I applaud you for the, the, your, your willingness to grow your own fruit, and, or not maybe fruit, but at least vegetables, uh, and your own produce. And, and this picture that he's using, I, I, I don't know everything about it, but I know this, that if you have a plant and you want it to be healthy, you have to prune off the dead branches so that good branch can grow. And then the branches that are bearing fruit, you prune them as well so that they can be more fruitful. And so Jesus has given us this picture of one, our life is saying he he is the vine, we are the branch, and then our heavenly father is the gardener who prunes us and shapes us so that we can bear fruit. He says he cuts off every branch that doesn't bear fruit, and then he prunes us so that we can be even more fruitful. And I don't, I'm not a plant, so I don't know the the process, but I'm assuming if a plant had feelings that they would say that pruning could be painful, right? It's painful to be pruned, right? 
Pruning is a painful thing, but it's necessary so that you can become more fruitful. So pruning is painful. So it doesn't mean that God says, I'm the gardener. I'm just going to produce all this fruit in your life. You're never going to be without pain. Every season's just going to be a harvest, a harvest. No, there's seed time and harvest. There's sowing. There's, there's, there's things that happen. And, and Jesus says, look, your father is the gardener. He, he's the one who knows your life from beginning to the end. And you have to trust that when he's pruning you, it's because he has a desire for you to be more fruitful. He has a desire to bring more of his fruit in your life. You see, a good father corrects, a good father disciplines those that he loves. And his goal, his whole purpose for your life is so that you can bear fruit. And if there's anything that's preventing his fruit in your life, he says, I'm going to prune it out. So some of you thought you lost that relationship that one time because something you did or something they did. Maybe, just maybe, God was pruning it. And he knew, I got a better relationship for you. I got a better way for you. You thought you got laid off. You thought God shut that door of the job you really wanted. And you thought it was the end of the world and it was a painful experience. And maybe, just maybe, you didn't get laid off. Maybe God was pruning you because he has another area that you can be fruitful. Because his goal in the way that you win is him producing his fruit in you. That's what it means to trust in God, to believe that he's a good dad, that he loves you, that he disciplines you and prunes you and helps you so that you can be fruitful. He goes on in verse four. So considering that, that I'm the vine, my father's the gardener. He has a good plan and purpose for your life. You gotta trust in the difficult seasons and the painful seasons that, that this is God working things out for you. For his purpose. And so he says, in light of that, remain in me. And I will remain in you. Here is again this thought that we talked about last week. This process of faith and trusting God and and how God responds to our faith. And it's meaning that you have to make a choice to remain. you got to make a a choice to to tie yourself to whatever vine you, you want to. You get that choice. You have that freedom. You have that luxury. And he says, so I'm the vine. I'm the way. Now, remain in me, and when you do, I'll remain in you. When you seek me, you will find me. There's this process of where God is wanting us to do our part so that he can do his part. He goes on, he says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It has to remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine. Key right there. He's the vine. You're the branch. You're not the vine of your life. He's the vine. You don't get to decide. Last week we said, what we do is most of us, a lot of times we bring our goals, our plans to God, and we say, God, bless them. Here's my plans. Lord, Lord, bless them. God, give me favor in this. Instead of going, God, my plans to the side. What do you want? You're the vine. I'm tied to you, God. I'm not tied to myself and to my, I'm tied to you. What do you want? That's where we start. God, I want to obey your will. And he says, listen, if you come to me that way, if you stay connected to me, you will bear fruit. Another translation, instead of using the word remain, uses the word abide. And the Greek is the word minnow, which means to stay connected to, to dwell in, to be present with, to remain in God. 
to remain in Him, to, to never leave His presence, surrendering to God, resting in Him, trusting in Jesus. It's receiving Christ into your life and relying on Him for all things. My son Maddox, uh, he's a sensitive guy. He has a great heart. I mean, he truly does. He's just, he's a good kid, but he's very sensitive and and uh, he's very, you know, he, he stays very close to me. He doesn't like it when I, like, if I'm going to go on a trip for two days, i got to prepare Maddox for like three weeks. I'm like, hey, buddy, in three weeks, I'm going to be gone for a few nights, all right? So our routine's going to be a little bit different. You know, I'll FaceTime you, and immediately, he's like, you're going to be gone? What? Like, why? Why do you leave us? Like, I'm like, dad has a thing he has to be at. I'm speaking somewhere, you know, whatever it is, I'd explain it to him. But then, and, and so even like when I'm home, like he's a cuddler, he wants to be close, he just, that's just who he is, right? He wants that. And when I'm at the house even, there's times where like I just turn around and Maddox is like my shadow. It's like I'll be in the kitchen, I turn around and I like knock him over. I'm like, Maddox, what are you doing there, right? Especially when we go out somewhere. If we're in a store or a restaurant, I want to sit next to you, Dad. Hey, Dad, you know, he's, he's right there with me. He doesn't wander off, he doesn't drift from me, he stays close to me. And I was thinking about that this week where Jesus is saying, you know, I'm, I'm your vine. The Father's the gardener. We are together in this for you. And, and, and the goal is, is that God doesn't want you to drift too far from him. God wants you to stay on his hip, to dwell with him, to remain in him, to abide in him. Realizing that he is, for Maddox, I'm his security. I comfort him. I'm his source. I'm, I have the resources that he needs. He, he, he doesn't have his own way to make money. I am his resource. I am what brings the fruit to his life at this point is me. And Jesus is saying, this is your heavenly father. He loves you. Why would you drift from him? Remain in him. Stay connected to him. And when you do, he promises to bring fruit. But it takes you making a conscious, intentional effort and choice to say, God, your way is better. I will stay close to you. I submit, I surrender to you as my source. And it says when you approach God this way, that he will live his life through you. That he will provide the strength. He will give you the energy to make your life fruitful the way he's called you to be so that you can win for him goes on in verse 5 he says if there it is if here it is Jesus said I'm the way I'm the true vine your father's the gardener listen he's going to prune your life sometimes it's not always going to be easy and there's going to be this but you, you got to remain you got to stay connected you got to stay plugged in and then he gives us this promise he says if you choose this way this path of life if you choose to remain, abide in me, and I in you, what you will bear much fruit. Not maybe, not might, not if you do it. No, he says, here's the promise. I'm the true vine. I will produce fruit in your life if you remain in me. But, but, apart from me, you can do nothing. So there's also that side of it. I don't know if any of you were uh, Friday Night Lights fans. I know there's a couple here, but, but Coach Taylor, right? Coach Taylor in Friday Night Lights, high school football coach in his team. And, and he, before every time they went out to the field, he'd say, clear eyes and full hearts can't lose. Some of you know it. Can't lose. 
Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Now Jesus is encouraging his disciples right now. And you may not see that that's encouraging depending on where you're at in your life. If you're apart from God, he's pretty much saying you're not bearing fruit. But if you're with him, if he is your coach, this should pump you up. Where Jesus is making a guarantee, he's saying with me, you can't lose. But without me, you can't win. With me, with Jesus, listen, you can't lose. It doesn't mean life's perfect. It doesn't mean you're not going to be without pain and seasons of difficulty. But God says even through the painful pruning process of things you go through in life, I will continue to bring my fruit in and through it. That I can take your pain and redeem it. I can take tragedy and bring triumph. I can do that if you're remaining in me. So if you're with me, if you're with me, Clear eyes, full hearts, connected to me, you can't lose. What an amazing guarantee from Jesus for us. He made the way to make that possible so that you could know God, so that you could discover purpose, so that your life could have meaning. And then he says, but without me, I'm just going to make it very clear, you will never win. Maybe in the eyes of this world you'll win, but in the things that matter most, you can't win. He's saying your success is dependent upon me, my spirit. Whether you win or lose has everything to do with what you tie your life to, what you're connected to, what vine you are staying connected in. And according to God's scoreboard, listen, if you're not connected to the vine, you'll never experience victory. The right vine, the true vine. And if you're here and you're being defeated on a daily basis in your walk with God, if you feel like you're struggling and you're not winning, and, and, and I would just say, according to Jesus, you've probably tied your life to the wrong things. You're probably plugged in to the wrong vine, the wrong power source, and so you don't have the strength and the ability to be who God's called you to be. Listen, you're not meant to live this Christian life in your own strength. But it takes your faithfulness, obedience to God, dependence upon God to see God's fruitfulness in your life. Jesus said, here's the deal. Your faithful choice, if you remain, if you obey, if you surrender, if you submit, if you choose this way, he's telling you this is the path to life. He doesn't say it's the easy path. and said, he, In fact, he called it very narrow, that most people don't do it. But if you're defeated in your life, defeated in your walk with God, it comes back to what are you tying your life too. You can't do it on your own. Jesus made it very clear. So what do we need to do? The first thing is that we must remain in relationship. It's not religion. It's not religious activity. Can I just tell you, I'm very glad you're here today. I want you to come back every week. In fact, I'd like you to come at 8.30 if you can. <laughs> like, I'm glad you're here. This is, this is a big part of of, of your walk with God, and we're here to encourage and support you and help you. But if you're coming to kind of check like a religious to-do list, I'm just telling you, it's not enough. This will never be enough for you to really see the plan of God unfolding in your life, to see the fruit of God in your life. It takes a daily relationship with God, realizing that it's Jesus is the vine, and if you're connected to him, he says, I will grow the fruit that I grow in you, that you can't grow by yourself. 
Again, I'm not a professional gardener, but I know this, that, that a, a, a white grape vine, if a branch is connected to that, is going to bear white grapes. It's just what it is. It can't help it. It's the vine that it's attached to. A red grape, whatever it is, right? Whatever you're attached to, you will bear the fruit of what you're attached to. So what Jesus is saying here. And Paul goes on to list the fruit of what Jesus produces in your life. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. Many of you have heard this long time. Key word there, the fruit of the Spirit. It's not your fruit. It's the fruit of the vine that you are attaching yourself to. Now, if you're not attached to a vine and you're just rolling solo, Paul goes on to say, here's the kind of fruit that your flesh produces for you. And you can go and read the list. I don't want to depress you today. It's not good, though. But he says, but here's the fruit that the Spirit produces, not you. You can't produce this fruit in your life. It is not of you. It is of Christ. It is his Spirit producing his fruit in you. This is what he says. Love. I don't know about you. I need some more love in my life. I need a little bit more love to give away. That's not of me. That's of Christ. Joy, come on, some of you need some Jesus joy. I can see it on your face right now. That coffee is good, but it's not enough, right? You need some Jesus joy in your life. So this is the fruit, patience. The patience to endure the pruning process. Listen, if you're getting pruned and you're not, like, right, it's like it's gonna be pain. You're like, why is this happening? Why am I going through this, right? Instead of going, I'm attached to the vine. I know I'm connected to God. So if he's pruning something in my life, it's because he wants to bear more fruit. So no matter what you're going through, doesn't mean life's easy, that even when there's painful, difficult storms of life, it says you can have love, joy, peace, and patience because that's the fruit that the Spirit produces through you. That's the fruit that you need. That's the peace that you need that passes all understanding that you shouldn't have it because it's not natural to have peace in a storm, but you can when you're connected to the right vine. Goodness, the faithfulness of God, the gentleness, this is all the things, self-control, all the things that we go, this is winning. This is the fruit of a winner, according to God's kingdom. And he says, and you can't have it if you're not in right relationship with me. It's not religion, it's relationship. God produces that fruit in your life because he is love. So when you're connected to him, you will have love. He is the God who brings joy. You will reflect his joy. You will have his peace. And the closer you get to the source, the more complete your life is in him, the more fruit he will bear in your life. Jesus said the relationship that me and you have is characterized by dependence. It's you depending on me. Resting, again, go back to the definition, abiding, remaining, resting in God, trusting in God. It's not works that produce fruit for you. You can't produce the fruit. You can work all you want. You can try all you want. You can't produce it. It's resting in what Christ has done for you. It's connecting to him, remaining in relationship with him that brings forth his fruit through you. Are you following me today? It's so important that we understand what it means to be connected to God. God wants you to experience victory. God wants you 
to be a winner. He wants you to be successful and to experience the fruit that his spirit brings in your life and to have victory over sin and victory over the things that that trip us up. But to accomplish this, he says, you need to connect to me. You need to submit to the spirit and its leading in your life and, and trust and rely on the spirit's authority and obey the direction that he leads your life. So let's get practical real quick about how to abide. It's really so simple, but yet so difficult to do. And it's just like any relationship. If you're going to remain in relationship, you gotta make the time for the relationship. And this is where most of you easily get off because I know it's the struggle for me. Listen, I know how busy you are. Hear that from me again. Because here's what you're saying. He doesn't know how busy I am. He doesn't get it. He doesn't know my life. He doesn't understand how busy I am. He doesn't understand how difficult it is to find time just to do any, like, I'm so busy, I don't have time to, to remain like this, like, I, I don't, I know how busy you are. I get it. I know how much you have going on. In fact, I knew how much you had going on, so I did a whole series called Breathing Room. <laughs> so that would help you understand how to create Breathing room. I get our culture and our pace, and I understand this is so simple to do, but yet so difficult to do because it's the easiest thing we can push off of our our list to remain in relationship. Tell me, if you want a healthy marriage, if you want to be connected to your spouse, if you want to be on the same page with any relationship or friendship, you have to make time for the relationship. And it's no different with God. But here's the coolest thing about God. If you make time and put him first, Jesus says all that stuff you worry about. Trying to get this done, trying to get here. He goes, if you seek me first, all that other stuff, I'll help you. I'll give you the peace. I'll give you the patience. I'll give you the the kindness. I'll give you the self-control. I'll give you all that you need. This is the key to win in any other area of life. And we're going to talk in the next few weeks, the other areas of how we win and practical things we can apply to our life to win in our careers and with our families and all those things. And, and then in February, we'll do a whole series about how to win in our relationships with one another. Like We're going to spend a whole series on that. I'm not just going to do one message on relationship because it's so important to understand God's ways of how we win in our relationships. But I'm saying is this, that every day you should start with God. You should get before the Lord and spend time in his word, time in prayer, talking to God. And I understand for some of you, you're like, look, I come from a background. You know, I I grew up in this way and this way. I don't know how how to pray. I don't really know how to connect with God. Well, I'm telling you, it starts with his word. You just begin to read the word. God has showed us so much and, and, and given us the, the, the path that we need through his word so that we can win. It starts there. Jesus said this in John 6.35. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. That, that his word is the bread of life. It is what sustains us. It is what feeds us. It's what gives us clarity and direction. So we get time in his word. And there's an amazing app called the YouVersion Bible app. And it has thousands of different plans for you. There's really no excuse for you not to be in the word. In fact, they have audible plans. Come on, somebody. Where you can listen to the word of God on your way to work. And it's free. It doesn't cost anything. Over 330 million downloads. And uh, the pastor this church in Oklahoma, they, they staff it. They pay for it. They do all of it. And they profit nothing off of that. 
And, and people have asked him, they go, Pastor, look, if you just charge $1 for the app, 330 million people have downloaded the app. I've never great at math, but that's a lot of money, right? And he says, why would I, he goes, that's not my word, it's God's word. Why would I ever profit off of God's word? So he's made it. That church has made it available. There's plans. You go, I don't really know where to start. Google the plan. Where to start plan with God. Guess what? They have one. <laughs> Five minutes a day. Ten, start somewhere, but start with God. Start in prayer. You know, I don't know. Talk with God. Picture God sitting, Jesus sitting next to you. Talk to him. This is what I'm going through. God, this is my day. This is what's lying ahead. This is where I'm struggling in my marriage. So I'm struggling with my kids. God, I need patience here. I need your strength here. I need your spirit here. God, use me, right? We start, God, I'm available for you. Use me today to accomplish your will and purpose. And then spending time then not reading, not talking, sitting in his presence. Put on some worship music, whatever it is, and allow the presence of God. You can experience that whenever you want it. If you want it, Jesus said. If you remain. We have the Right Now Media thing that you can get on our website. It's Christian Netflix, 10,000, over 10,000. I think it's 12,000 now. Videos, content, ways that you can grow. Understanding God. We have the Fresh Start book that we talk about every week that you can get. Read it. Start. Begin to pursue God. Remain in him. And he says, with me. You can't lose. I will bring fruit even in difficult seasons. You will still bear fruit. But without me, Jesus said, you'll never win. The band's coming. We're going to close out. And Jesus, about halfway through this teaching in John 15 and verse 7, and then also at the very end, he comes back to it. 16 gives us this amazing promise. Really, there's nowhere else in Scripture that Jesus really talks like this and gives us this this kind of clarity when it means to seeing the success and the fruit of God in our life. He says, so if you remain in me and, and my words remain in you, right? The word of God. Some of you, you're going, well, I don't have the word in me. You gotta get the word in you. You gotta spend the time. You, you can't know and do, right? Obeying God is knowing and doing. You can't do until you know. Some of you just don't know what God's asked you. You'll know the word of God. Getting in that. He says, if you do this, if you remain in me, he says this, listen to this. Ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. Then he goes on, and remember, he's talking to his disciples, and if you can remember how Jesus recruited his disciples, right? He goes up to them, and he says, hey, you. Hey, come follow me. And so they're like, okay, and they did. That's how he recruited his 12. No one came to Jesus and said, hey, can I be one of your disciples? He just picked and so he looks at, he's, he's talking to these men. He says, hey guys, remember you didn't choose me. They're like, yeah, I remember, I was fishing. You came up to me and said, follow me, and I did, right? And so they saying, yeah. He says, so I, I chose you. And I chose you and appointed you so that you could go and bear fruit. And fruit that will last forever. He says, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. Now look, God isn't a genie, right? You don't rub him the right way and then he gives you whatever you want. It's a Christina Aguilera reference for those of you. I, I grew up in the 90s. Okay. But he's not a genie. You don't go to him and you get three wishes and is not what he's saying here. Last week we said 
this is where we start with God. God, here am I. What do you want from me? What's your will for my life? God, I want to know it. I want to do it. My aim is to please you. Not to please myself, not to do it my way, not to accomplish my will, God, not to have you just bless my plans. And no, God, you are the vine. I'm just the branch. So God, as I remain in you, you accomplish your will through me. This is the context in which Jesus is saying this. He says, when you approach me like this, ask whatever you want according to this will, to my will, to my way. And he says, and I'll give it to you. So some of you are going, I want fruit in my marriage. I'm not happy. I want fruit in my marriage. This is where it starts. It's not you praying for your husband or your wife to say, God, produce this in them. No, it's you going to God and saying, God, here am I. God, I need this to change. I want this situation, but God, you're the source of this, not me. I can't produce this fruit. I can't make them do this. God, you are the source. I need your patience. I need just self-control. God, I need your grace. I need your mercy. And he says, when you come to me like that and you start praying to be the answer, Say, God, I need it. He says, you'll bear, I'll give it to you. You want your marriage to change? It starts right like this. You want to see success and fulfillment in your career and your purpose? You want to see your kids, all these things, these areas we're going to talk about where it matters most? It starts right here of going, God, my plans to the side. I'm here to serve you. What do you want to do with my life? How do you want me to love my spouse? How can your love go through me to them? How can I love my boss? How can I love my neighbor? How can I do this right? There's the purpose and will of God. And he says, when you come to me like this, he says, even when it's hard, even when I'm pruning you, you'll bear fruit. You'll win. King David, who's the most respected king of, of Israel, of God's people, the one that we still talk about the most today, by no means was he perfect, if you know his story. He had mass failure, tragedy, and difficulty throughout his life. But scripture said, as God picked him, again, he chose him, he says, I'm choosing you, and because you're a man after my heart, not because you're perfect, not because you're never gonna mess up, because you are a man after my own heart. And just as God chose you, he chose his disciples. Jesus said, I chose you. The Bible says you didn't choose God. You may think you did, but he drew you to repentance. And the only way you could choose Jesus is because he first chose you and died for you. So God's saying, I chose you so that you can bear fruit. So you may be sitting here and going like, it's impossible for me. You don't know my past. You don't know where I've been. I, I want to bear fruit. Just will never happen. I've tried. It will never happen. Not according to Jesus. He said, I chose you. I picked you so that you could bear fruit. And you will if you remain in me. So here's King David. Listen to his prayer in Psalm 27, 4. He says, this is the one thing I ask of the Lord. I don't know about you, I've asked God for a lot of things. I've sought him for a lot of things. I've prayed a lot of things. God, I need you here. God, show up here. God, do this, right? And he says this, this is the one thing. This was a man after God's own heart. He says, this is the one thing I ask the Lord. This is the one thing I seek the most above everything else. He says, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Another translation of that word abide and remain meant to stay at home with, to never leave home. 
to stay at home with Jesus, to literally be close to him all the time, to never leave his presence. And David says, this is the one thing that I seek above everything else. He was a king. Come on, he had a, he had a to-do list. He had a lot going on. He said, this is the one thing that I got to do first, foremost. I got to remain in the house of the Lord. I got to be in the presence of God. He says, delighting in the Lord's perfection and meditating in his temple, spending time with God because he is the source of life and I don't have life without him. And today I want to challenge you with that same thing, to say, God, this is my prayer. This is the one thing, Lord, that I ask. This is the one thing that I seek above everything else. God, is just to be with you, to be in your presence to be in your word, to remain in relationship with you. Just because that is the best place to be, but then holding to the promises of God to say, and that is how you will be fruitful.